Hello, and welcome to Riffs on Riffs, where we explore the collision of original and sample tracks and the artists who made them. I'm your host, Joe Watson, and I'm here with my co-host, Toby Braswell. What's up, Tobe? Not much, man. Season's greetings. Back at you, buddy. So together on the show, we listen to the legendary tracks and the timeless, but sometimes not so well-known songs that they sampled from. Toby, what are we listening to today? This is a track called Alone from the artist known as Halsey. It's the third single from her second album entitled Hopeless Fountain Kingdom. That album debuted at number one of the Billboard Hot 200, making her the first female artist to open up 2017 at the top of the charts. The single was released in March 2018 and peaked at number 66 on the Billboard charts. But before we get too far into that, let's hop in the DeLorean and go back in time to where the sample came from. Boy, I just got Huey Lewis and the whole back in time thing. All right, let's rewind. This track is called Nothing Can Stop Me by husband and wife duo Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. from their album I Hope We Get to Love in Time, released in 1976. McCoo and Davis Jr. were both former members of a very successful group called The Fifth Dimension. Perhaps you've heard of them? Yes, I have heard of them. These guys are easily one of my favorite couples. Uh, they've been married for over 40 years, and that's hard enough as it is, but to do that while being successful in the music industry simply incredible, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. You ain't lying. So let's dive into a little bit of their history and connect some musical dots. Marilyn McCoo was in a group called The High Fives in the early 60s, and they toured with the legendary Ray Charles back in the day. Billy Davis Jr. joined the group in 1965, and they changed their name. And then they signed to the newly formed label of the secret agent man himself, Johnny Rivers. Mmm, let's listen to that. Yeah, this made me feel like a spy when I was Didn't a kid. It? I love this it. riff right here is beautiful. It is. So he probably had to go underground after he got on Elvis's bad side. Did you hear about this? Uh, tell me. <laughs> well, apparently Johnny stole Elvis's arrangement of the Chuck Berry tune Memphis, Tennessee, and released it himself, which went on to sell over one million copies. You don't steal from the king, or in this case, two kings of rock and roll. <laughs> no, you, you definitely do not do that. But <laughs> somehow he managed to get away with it. And he went on to craft an impressive career as both an artist and producer. So, you know, it's pretty common for artists to produce other artists today, but sometimes I'm a little surprised by how much that happened back in the day, too. For sure, we talked about the Animals' bassist Chaz Chandler signing and managing Jimi Hendrix in a previous episode. And this is yet another example of a popular artist shifting to a producer role, in this case for The Fifth Dimension. Yeah, their first top ten hit came in 1967 with the song Up, Up and Away which went on to win six Grammys in 68. Six Grammys, man. That's not bad at all, especially for a song about hot air balloons or a Clark Kent flight pattern, right? <laughs> right. Let, <laughs> let's listen. Up, up and away, does seem like you're flying right now, right? Yeah. Do you like this song? I like this part right here. I can sample that. Oh, I got you. <laughs> all right. That's cool. Their biggest hit came in 1969, and there's an interesting story behind that, and it starts with a forgotten wallet. Oh, in El Segundo? No, I did not say that, but I suggest you get a Q-tip for some better hearing. 
please continue on your quest to relay information. Love it, love it. So Billy Davis Jr. is in a cab, right? He forgets his wallet. The man who picks it up just happens to be involved. Wait, hold on. The man who picks it up returned the wallet? He did. He did. Eventually, Billy Davis Jr. <laughs> does the get his wallet. first? We don't know about okay, that. Okay, I'm just curious. We, we don't know about that, but he eventually did get his wallet back, so he didn't need, like, LifeLock or anything like okay, that. Okay, good, good. <laughs> All right, so the man who picks it up just so happens to be involved with the Broadway show Hair and invites Billy Davis Jr. and the rest of the group to see the show. Now, after the show, the Fifth Dimension insisted that they record two of the songs that were featured in the play, Aquarius and The Flesh Failures, Let the Sunshine In. Yeah, this was definitely one of their biggest hits, and by some metrics, the biggest hit for the entire year of 1969. Toby, neither you nor I are an Aquarius, but actually it's kind of a sunny day today, so let's play this track. Let's do that. We'd certainly be welcome change from all the great we've had in the past couple of weeks. Let's listen to Aquarius Let the Sunshine In from the Fifth Dimension. This is bound to put you all in a good mood. Right, but the yeah. end when they like pick it up and they're going, they got the moving baseline and all of that. That's that's where I get jumping. So this song earned them a Grammy for best pop vocal performance in 1970 and sits at number 66 on Billboard's greatest songs of all time. Wait, did we say that Halsey's alone was at 66 earlier? That's kind of a weird connection. Look at I that. Just kind of put that together. The Fifth Dimension were clearly masters of the charts in 1969. They released another song in September, a cover of the Laura Nero song, Wedding Bell Blues. This was actually the third Laura Nero song that they covered. And the previous two songs were hits as well. Let's listen to Wedding Bell Blues. Come on, Bill. Time to get off. Just wave your get hands off the pot here and let's get a ring on the finger. <laughs> she does have a voice. She can definitely sing. So let us fast forward now to 1975 when Billy Davis Jr. and Marilyn McCoo decided to part from the group, The Fifth Dimension, and go off on their own. Even with all the success they had, I'm sure there had to be a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, you have a history of winning. But anytime you start to, you know, stray from that path and do something on your own, you got to know that anything can happen. Absolutely. But no worries here. They actually enjoyed even more accolades, including a gold single for the track, You Don't Have to Be a Star, from their debut album entitled I Hope We Get to Love in Time. They also earned a Grammy Award for Best R&B Performance by a duo or group with vocals. Man, that had to be a pretty good feeling, especially after going out on your own. Absolutely. There's actually a quote from Billy Davis Jr. about that. He says, well, you know, that was a beautiful thing for us. It did a lot for our self-esteem because when we left the group, we left with nothing. And we were wondering, what's going to happen to us? All we knew is that we were going to go out there and try to make it in the business the best we could and follow our dreams, you know? And this is yet another reason why this is one of my favorite married couples in music. Let's take another listen to the number one hit, You Don't Have to Be a Star. You don't have to be a star, baby, to be in my show. You don't have to be a star. 
Disco. Mm-hmm. Roller skating right now. <laughs> Here's another track that Marilyn McCoo was the first to record. Let's take a listen. Okay. Oh, I've tried to resist being last on your list, but no. Of course, Whitney Houston then turned that song into a top 10 smash in 1985. It's actually the first of seven consecutive number one singles for Whitney. That's a record that still stands, Joe. I mean, can you name those seven? Um, no. But I can (laughs) tell you that you were talking about roller skating. So around that time Uh when Saving All My Love For You was out, I was a little sweaty palm punk roller skating around with a certain grade school crush. I I could tell you names, but I'm going to protect the the innocent here. Please Um, do that. Let's see if I can name a couple of those songs on that whole seven consecutive list. All right, hit me. Had to be Greatest Love of All, right? That's got to be on the list. Yep. How Will I Know? Absolutely. Um, That's... That's all I got right now. That's what all else you got? You got? Okay. Well, well, here's the other four, right? I want to dance with somebody. Oh, uh, yes. Didn't we almost have it all? We, we did. <laughs> so emotional. <laughs> hmm Where do broken hearts go? Wow. Okay. Seven. Yeah. Can we just, can we talk about that greatest love of all there for, for one Please. second? Okay. I initially loved that song. Okay. Right? And being a vocal artist, I eventually hated that song because every talent show that I entered <laughs> featured... Not one, not two, but like 10 young women trying to sing that song. Yeah, and keyword being trying. Trying. It's Whitney. It's Whitney. Stop it. That actually sounds really painful, so I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, Whitney is in a league of her own and one of the few that can actually match Marilyn McCoo for the sheer talent and range. Absolutely. By the way, we haven't even mentioned yet that Marilyn McCoo was the host of Solid Gold for a few years. <sighs> Man, I love that show. The diversity of her career just wows me. I mean, how much talent do you have to do all that she did and then just do it well? It's crazy. Yeah. Um, But let's get back to the featured track that we started the show with. Let's take a listen to Nothing Can Stop Me from Billy Davis Jr. and Marilyn McCoo. Let's do it. That intro chord progression is so ominous. It's like, you know nothing's going to stop. Yeah. Like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this song has been sampled a number of times. First, uh, let's listen to a guy that sold over 5 million records and received three Grammy nominations. This is Jaheem with the 2001 track, Could It Be? That slow jam right now. Yeah, exactly. Nice turn down low. <laughs> that was an R&B singer, Jaheem, track called Could It Be off his debut release, Ghetto Love, from the same year. Three interesting facts about him. All right. His grandmother was actually a backup singer for the Drifters. Nice. He won the Apollo three times. I didn't know you could go back to the Apollo to keep winning it. Apparently you could. So huh. this is why he was he was young. Okay. You know, so we're talking like teenage years. Yeah. So, you know, you win one week, come back for another, gotcha. you know, for another win. Kind of like Jeopardy. <laughs> uh, and he was signed by the iconic hip-hop group Naughty by Nature. Very nice. Yeah, pretty cool, right? All right. So who else has sampled Nothing Can Stop Me? Similar to Biggie's Junior Mafia or the Native Tongues, Fat Joe grouped a bunch of MCs together called the Terror Squad. 
This group included MCs Fat Joe, Big Pun, Cuban Lynx, and others. They released an album called True Story in 2004, and it featured a song called Nothing's Gonna Stop Me, produced by DJ Khaled. Let's take a listen to that. Revisit the catalog, been in it since analog. We've been in it since analog, too. I don't know which planet you landed on. Gotta understand it, Dawn. I came from slinging grams around. So in 2007, MC and producer Black Milk also sampled Nothing Can Stop Me for his track, Shut It Down, from his album Popular Demand. Uh, I kind of love the way he chops this up and uses a sample. Let's give that a listen. can't tell you how many times I listened to this album. Just the way that he chops his sample up, yeah. it starts, and yeah. I love it. And it's cool the way he sped up that sample. Kind of, It just reminds me of Alvin and the Chipmunks every time. You know, it's funny that you say that. You know, there's actually a term for this genre of hip-hop, right? And they call it Chipmunk Soul. Come on. It, like, seriously. I'm looking at you right now, and I don't know <laughs> if you're lying. You're trying, to, you're trying to get me here? I'm being completely serious. They called it Chipmunk Soul. It's actually a style of sampling made pretty popular by... Kanye and then, okay. you know, a couple other producers like Black Milk implemented that type of style as well during this period of hip-hop. Let's kick it into high gear and talk about our next feature track, Alone, by Halsey. Yes, sir. You know that you sampled the track well when you've heard it before, but you can't remember where you heard it from. Ah, gotcha. And that's, that's what I got from this song. So this is Halsey on her track called Alone featuring Big Sean and Stefan Don. This was released in March of 2018 as a third single off her album Hopeless Fountain Kingdom. This song is certified gold and even hit number one on the Billboard Dance Club songs chart. So let's talk about Halsey for a little bit. Her real name is Ashley Nicolette. Uh, Frangipani, which is a beautiful name, by the way. Absolutely. She was born on uh, September 29th, 1994. And the only reason I mention this is because Marilyn McCoo's birthday is September 30th, 1943. Different years, obviously, but I thought it was interesting that their birthdays are so close to each other. And you know what else is interesting? My birthday's on September 30th as well. Yes, it is, my friend. <laughs> and I wanted to make sure that we got this important information on the airwaves so that all of our loyal listeners can forward the appropriate gifts. It's not too late, people, so, Never so too get, late. get on it. 
Well, Halsey was born in New Jersey and seems to have moved around a lot as a kid. And because of that, she tended to present a version of herself where people didn't have to necessarily get to know her that well. Which makes sense. I mean, why put in all the effort when you just have to move anyway, right? Yeah, I think that's actually a pretty common feeling amongst kids that grew up moving a lot. Um, But growing up, she was taught to play violin, viola, cello, and eventually moved to acoustic guitar in her mid-teens. She has talked about the chaotic environment she grew up in and has been very open about her financial hardships, bipolar disorder, and mental health challenges. Yeah, she stated that music has served to be therapeutic for her, and you can just tell by listening to her lyrics. Her story is amazing because she was discovered actually by putting up one of her songs on SoundCloud, of all things, right? Uh, Fans loved it, and so did the record labels. They contacted her and asked to have a meeting with her and her manager. So at the time, she didn't have a manager, and she didn't even have a home. She was living out of a duffel bag. That's crazy. And the rest is history, so to speak. Yeah, so let's take a listen to one of the songs that helped her make that history. This is the 2016 track called Closer by the Chainsmokers and features Halsey. Baby, pull me closer in the backseat of your Rover That I know you can't afford Bite that tattoo on your shoulder Pull the sheets right off the corner Of the mattress that you stole From your roommate back in Boulder Halsey actually helped co-write that song, and apparently I wasn't the only one that liked it because it was nominated for a Grammy for Best Pop Duo Group Performance in 2017. Halsey's second album, Hopeless Fountain Kingdom, was released in June of 2017, and this could be considered a concept album as it was inspired by William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. She even reads the play's prologue for the intro of the album. First single release was a track called Now or Never. Let's take a listen. So when this song came out, there was a lot of music journalists that thought that this song was a little too similar to Rihanna's song, Needed Me. And actually, you know, I think it's funny (laughs) because I understand the comparison, especially on that last part of, of the chorus. Yeah. Uh, I can understand the comparison there, but I think people are taking it just a little bit too far. I'm pretty sure that that hurt her on the charts, though, because this song only reached 59 oh, on the billboard. only 59. Right, only 59. I wish I had a song that was 95 on the chart, <laughs> right? Sure. Now or Never was actually followed by her second single entitled Bad at Love. And let's take a listen to that track. Always make the same mistakes, Christ. Still got that same sort of rat attack snare thing going on. Blend a little bit of that trap music in. She might think she's bad at love, but she's definitely not bad at making music. Uh, This track hit number five on the Billboard charts. I also read that her father would listen to Notorious B.I.G., Slick Rick, Bone Thugs and Harmony, and Tupac. And her mother, meantime, was listening to The Cure, Alanis Morissette, and Nirvana. Yeah, I I can totally see it, especially with how deep and personal her lyrics are. I mean, you can see a little bit of the Alanis Morissette, you know, vibe in that, you know, deep lyrics, especially Slick Rick telling a good story. Uh, You can just also tell with her cadence approach to songs. I knew she could rhyme 
or in the very least had a, had a strong affinity to hip-hop and the way that she approaches her verses? Well, I think it's probably safe to say that she likes hip-hop because her boyfriend, well, I guess on and off again, I think they're on again right now. They're on. Uh, rapper G-Eazy is definitely in the hip-hop game. They've been dating for over a year now and, and actually did a song together called Him and I. It's like a 2017 Bonnie and Clyde type song, so let's give that a spin. Cross my heart, hope to die. To my lover, I'd never lie. Said be true, I swear I'll try. In the end, it's him and I. He's out his head, I'm on my mind. We got that love, the crazy kind. I am his, and he is mine. In the end, it's him and I. My 65 speeding up the PCA to hell of a ride. They don't want to see us make it, they just want to divide. 2017, Bonnie and Clyde. Wouldn't see the point of living on if one of us died. Yeah, uh. Got that kind of style everybody try to rip off. YSL dress under when she take the mink off. Silk All right, so let's dig into our featured track, Alone, and see how Halsey uses samples from Nothing Can Stop Me to create the vibe for this song. So I like how she samples the build into the chorus for her intro. It's almost like, kind of like it's playing softly on a radio in the distance somewhere. So what I first did is I took the intro for Alone, and you can kind of get that phasey vibe from it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I quickly followed by the part from Nothing Can Stop Me. Cool. So let's give it a listen. Let's do it. Yeah. I see the difference there. It certainly starts off with a laid-back feel, but then Lone picks up the tempo and kicks it into high gear. It also sounds like they use an effect there at the very, very beginning of yeah, the Yeah, they, they've got a phaser, phaser. or something yep. just kind of exactly. kind of bouncing back in your eardrums. Mm -hmm. I also love how she takes that horn part and that little piano lick from Nothing Can Stop Me, and she speeds it up, not quite chipmunk version, but she speeds it up and kind of uses them as the foundation for Lone. It's like she took the best sort of tension-building moments of the original track and then laced them, you know, underneath the bed for her entire track. And so it just gives it a cool vibe. So let's give it a listen. Okay. If I have to travel. So we speed it up a little bit. Yep, and now we throw in the kick and sing it over the beat set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On tempo, Jack. Said he tried to phone me, but I never have time. He said that I never See, the thing I really appreciate about this track is how she really describes how she feels. When I mean, we're talking about how, how it sonically how it hits you, right? right. I, I want to focus on the on the lyrical aspects. Sure. She says that she has a lot of people that they want to hang with her, and regardless, she still feels alone, and no one really knows her. I mean, that's the, the vibe and the message that she's giving in this yeah. song. And I'm sure we've all felt that at some time yeah, no question. In, in our lives. Uh, and I, I just love the lyrics, and I have to say, this beat really, initially, it was the beat that captured yeah. my attention, uh, especially with the addition of the featured artist on the remix. That is, yes. Let's let's talk about that remix for a little bit and give some props to the other people that are on it. As we mentioned earlier, we have Stefan Don, who's probably best known for her 2017 single, Hurtin' Me, featuring French Montana. This track actually peaked at number seven on the UK singles chart.
So Stefan Don also appears on the remix of the MC Fiati song Bum Bum Tam Tam. No, no, it's Bum Bum Tam Tam. Okay, we're keeping all of that, Eric. We're keeping all of that. Uh, Tom, you and I have talked about it. This is one of my favorite tracks right now. I can't believe I've just discovered it, um, but let's just listen. <laughs> let's do it. Oh, look, more chipmunks. <laughs> So good. I love how this song samples uh, Johann Sebastian Bach and his partita in A minor for flute. Let's listen to that actually. Let's do that. Because it's, I mean, it's pretty obvious once you hear it. Okay, I have heard this song before. Really? Many a times. Back yeah. when you were a flautist? <laughs> there you go. By the way, I love the video for Boom Boom Tum Tum. Mm, absolutely. It's, like, just go check it out. It has one billion views as of November of this year. Did you say billion as in B? I, I did. Uh, in fact, it is the most viewed Brazilian music video and the first to hit one billion views. It also has 7.8 million likes, making it the 31st most liked YouTube video of all time, which is, by the way, something we never would have thought of 10 years ago. Like, what's the most liked YouTube video of all time, right? <laughs> right, right, right. I did find one more cool connection for you from her most recent single, and it's actually all over the airwaves at the moment, a song called Without Me. There's a tiny little nod to Justin Timberlake on this track. Have a listen. You don't have to say just what you did. I already know. I had to go and find out from there. So tell me, how's it feel? That's from JT's 2002 track, Cry Me a River. Let's listen to that. Certainly has that Timberland production on it. So what's interesting, I think, is that thematically both of these tracks are about being treated poorly in relationships. Yeah, and there's no mystery as to who Justin was talking about. What? It's pretty pretty obvious if you see the video. All right. I think you may be referring to a fellow Mickey Mouse Club alum, and I'm not talking about Carrie Russell. <laughs> All right, Tub. So it's time to dive into this episode's bonus material. Let's take a deeper look at the career of the iconic songwriter, Laura Nero. Now, I know you're a fan of Halsey's writing, actually. I am too. And I think it's cool that we can kind of make this connection here. She actually wrote several songs that were hits for The Fifth Dimension, as well as for Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Three Dog Night, and Barbara Streisand. It's amazing how many artists like this fly somewhat under the radar. I wouldn't say that she's a household name, but she clearly had an enormous impact on the musical landscape. Yeah, no doubt. So let's take a listen to one of her first songs, And When I Die. She actually wrote this track and recorded it when she was 17. That's incredible. Let's do it. So then she sold this song to Peter, Paul, and Mary for five grand. And they recorded it for their sixth studio album. Let's listen to their version, which is a little different. A little different? Let's do it. It's cold way down there. And when I die, and when I die, 
Christmas and harmony. Wow. But the song really became a hit in 1969 when it was recorded by Blood, Sweat, and Tears on their self-titled second album. Let's give that a spin. I love this version. This cold way down there, I hear that it's cold way down there, yeah, crazy cold way down there. And when I die and when I'm gone, there'll be one child born in this world. Kind of change up the tempo and stuff. Yeah. Cool version. So this version actually hit number two on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, guess what was number one around the same time? That probably would be Wedding Bell Blues, recorded by The Fifth Dimension, which we listened to earlier. Let's hear Laura's original 1967 version, which she wrote when she was only 18. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, it was really nice of her to talk about Bill in her original track so that when Marilyn McCoo did it, she could just talk about Billy Davis Jr. <laughs> it was smart. Consider it. She wrote this when she was 18. Man, I was underachieving at yeah. 18. You and me both, buddy. So as we know, this was not the only Laura Nero penned hit for the fifth dimension. They went platinum in 68 with their version of Stone Soul Picnic, which certainly fits the times, right? <laughs> yep. Let's give that a listen. Welcome to 1969. Seriously. So The Fifth Dimension also had hits with covers of Laura Nero's Sweet Blindness, Save the Country, and Blowing Away. So she was certainly instrumental in the success of their career. Laura had yet another hit in 1969. Her seminal album, Eli and the 13th Confession, had been released the year before, and Three Dog Night took that track, Eli's Coming, and turned it into a top 10 hit in 1969. Let's take a listen to that. Love me some Three Dog Night. They bring it. This guy gets it every yeah. time, boy. He goes for he it. He goes. You don't hold back. Now that we've heard their version, let's listen to Laura's original version. Listen to the line, the 13th confession. There's another track that caught my attention. It's called Emmy. And then towards the end of the song, I was like, hey, wait a minute, that sounds familiar. Give this a listen. Wait a minute, is, is that some Neil Diamond? Uh, yeah, so she must have heard his 66 song, Cherry Cherry, and just gave it a little tribute. So here, let's give that a listen. She got the way to me, Cherry. She got the way to me. She got the way to Just a little subtle thing, you know, throw in the end of your track. I thought it was cool. Yeah, definitely pretty cool. Let's give a listen to one more Laura Nero song that another artist turned into a hit. In this case, Barbara Streisand. This is a song called Stony End. So we had Stony Picnic, a stone picnic, and yeah. now we got a Stony End. We okay. have a sto That's what happens after the picnic. I, li I like it. Let's do it. Now I don't believe I want to see the morning Going down the Stony End I never wanted to go down the Stony End 
So then Barbara put this song in the top 10 uh, in early 1971 with her cover. Let's hear that. There's a lot more to her story and a ton of rich history here, including how legendary entertainment executive David Geffen became her manager. They co-founded a publishing company that they sold to CBS for $4.5 million in 1969. That's a lot of money now. I can't imagine what it was then. Um, That's crazy. All those songs on the top of the charts, becoming an instant millionaire. 1969 was a good year. Without a doubt, Laura packed a lot into her too short a time. Sadly, she succumbed to cancer at the age of 49. But her legacy lives on. And she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2012. Yeah, that is way too young. But thankfully, we still have all this rich music to enjoy. Well, Tobe, it's time to wrap up the show. But I think we need to end on a lighter note. So what do we have on tap for our next episode? I think we're going to throw in some Timberlands and cruise around New Orleans, maybe feed the meters. But I'm going to need someone to ride with. Are you that somebody? (laughs) People say, my friend, people say. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Riffs on Riffs, where we explored Halsey's track, Alone, as well as Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr.'s Nothing Can Stop Me. And we also got into a little conversation about Laura Nero and her remarkable songwriting career. We're going to take you out with a personal favorite off of Hopeless Fountain Kingdom. Actually, I think it's only on the deluxe version of the album, but regardless, Toby and I both love this track, and we know you will too. This is Halsey and Heaven in Hiding. We'll catch you next time. Until then, this is Joe Watson. And I'm Toby Braswell. Thank you for listening to Riffs on Riffs. I walk my talk, no time for wishful thinking. I push up on my toes, you call me sweet thing. I'm breathing down your neck, your body screaming. Riffs on Riffs is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thanks to executive producers, Joan Andrews and Michael D'Aloya. Producer, Julie Fink. Audio engineers, Eric Coltnow and Dave Schoen. And audio director, Michael Seifert. You can listen to more episodes of Riffs on Riffs by finding us on iTunes, Stitcher, or visit evergreenpodcast.com. And don't forget, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us an iTunes review. It really helps. I'm your host, Joe Watson. And I'm Toby Braswell. Thank you for listening to Riffs on Riffs. Don't you see what you're finding? This is heaven in hiding. This is heaven in hiding. No. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living. And every week, I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others. Photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy. And I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com and I'll see you there. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.